Welcome to your success tonic. If you're ready to explore what it would mean to step into your boldest, most exciting vision of success, then you're in the right place. I have a real treat for you today. I am delighted to welcome Susan onto the podcast today to talk to you about her new book, The Visibility Factor. Susan is a coach, a podcast host, a former Fortune 500 IT director. She is also an executive coach and she helps business leaders to play bigger, increase their visibility, and finally shine a light on their leadership strengths so that they can elevate their position in the workplace. She brings a depth of business knowledge to her coaching from her 25 plus years of leadership experience at Kraft Heinz. As the author and podcast host of The Visibility Factor, she is creating a visibility movement for leaders to show their value and be seen for their true talent. Susan is married with three children and she lives in the Chicago area. Welcome, Susan. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Oh, me too. Thank you. So tell us a bit more about any exciting projects that you're working on right now. Well, there's a lot going on in my world right now. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are having me come speak to their employee resource groups or business resource groups and really talk about this topic because it's not something I think that gets talked about. It's almost like this unwritten rule. Sometimes people just assume you know what that means, mm. um, how, to, how to get visibility, how to do it for yourself. And it definitely was my own experience that I wasn't quite sure how to approach it. Yeah. So I try to make it easy for people to understand how to do it in a way that's authentic for them. So I'm speaking a lot about that right now. And I'm in the midst of uh, creating some programs to launch next year. And uh, I just want to do more to help this message get out to people in a way that they can hear it and be able to do something with it. I think it's such a powerful message. And so I'm so excited that you're doing that. I know that in spite of being accomplished, many of us still struggle with the courage to step into visibility. It's certainly been a huge struggle for me. And I think that when we're stuck in invisibility patterns, it's very hard to close that gap between the potential that we feel inside and what's actually happening for us in our life and our business and our careers. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you so that we can dig into this a bit more. Tell us a bit about how you felt about being visible when you were growing up. Uh, well, I, you know, I grew up at a time where I think girls were given messages like you need to be humble, you need to be quiet, you need to say things all the right way, you know, and so I dealt with a lot of perfection. I dealt with a lot of imposter syndrome, but didn't totally realize that. I actually thought actually thought perfection was a good thing. And so I kind yeah. of wore my little my little crown of perfection with, you know, a lot of pride. I'm like, I'm yeah. I'm great at this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, without realizing how much pressure that was putting on me to be perfect and that that's not even possible, right? It's an illusion. It's not even attainable. No. But I think I I operated in that way. And trying to be the perfect daughter, uh, then, you know, wife, mother, and of course, you know, perfect employee, perfect person in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so all of that messaging I got when I was young just continued to carry on. And until I started getting into coaching and understanding 
you don't have to be that way. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize I was wearing this mask of trying to be what everybody else thought I should be. Mm-hmm. And instead of just being myself, it takes so much energy as I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. that just to be someone else and to not be your authentic self is just, it's tiring. It's really exhausting. And so the more I learned about it and that visibility for me didn't have to be super challenging that I could do things that were comfortable in my own style, uh, the easier it became, but it was Mm. definitely in my, it was a journey (laughs) to get there and to understand that. And for the big aha moment of, I didn't realize I wasn't being visible. I think I thought I was. When someone says, you're not really, no, you're not being as visible as you need to be. It's like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. There was just a moment of shock for a little while to go through and um, but I'm I'm so glad that person told me and I'm so glad that I realized that that was happening because I could have just been operating as I was thinking I was doing enough. And then, mm-hmm. you know, one day I just don't get anywhere. Right. Yeah. So would you say that that was like um, that particular conversation was the pivotal shift for you? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first chapter in the book because I feel like it's, you know, a lot of people don't realize they're probably being invisible either. And Mm -hmm. so I thought me sharing my story, which took me a while to be comfortable doing that. I wasn't super uh, excited about that in the beginning and thought, well, I don't know, is that story somebody needs to hear? And then I thought, you know what, they absolutely need to hear it because they may be going through the same thing. So I, I share it in detail and I and I think it's just the one that resonates with people the most because they have had some form of that conversation with someone in their world and they don't know what to do with that either, just like I didn't. Yeah. And it's even harder for those of us who haven't had that conversation, right? If you if no one has pointed that out to you and you're you're mm-hmm. still trying to do your best and be perfect and 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 you are hiding in invisibility. So this is why your book is so powerful, why this is such an important message. And it's a really important moment that we're in right now, I think. Our voice and our contributions, especially as women, are really needed at this point. So I think that you're... 100%. I'm, I'm not surprised that your book is really resonating with people because I think it's it really is the moment that everyone is, is paying attention to this. Um, yeah. So tell us a bit more about why you think visibility is important for someone to pay attention to. Well, I think we go along working every day and we're making assumptions. We assume that our peers know what we're doing. We assume our managers know what we're doing. Uh, Our team knows what we're doing, right? Because they're right around us. They must know. Not realizing that all of those people have a lot of other things going on too. And so if you're not talking about what you're doing and sharing that, then how is anyone going to know? For me, that talking about things wasn't natural for me. I was great at getting things done and accomplishing a lot of things, but not so good at talking about them. And so what I didn't realize until all of this happened for me was if I'm not telling someone, how are they going to know? How are they going to know that I am good at leading this way or that I have these capabilities that I've never told anybody about? Um, So for me, that was just a big moment of, okay, you're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to talk about what you're doing. And so I actually started by talking about my team and what my team was doing and how great they were doing at this project or offering to help someone until I got more comfortable doing it myself. And that just took some practice, right? I I tell people it's just an experiment. Just try Mm. something, Mm. see if it works. If it works, Mm -hmm. great. If it doesn't, try something else. Uh, There's nothing permanent here that we have to to live in permanence in any way. And so the more that you get comfortable with, I'm just experimenting, 
Yes. It just takes all the pressure away. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. It's, um, it's very freeing. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Just to start playing around in, in that space where you get to try, try new things and see what comes up for you. So in terms of creating a process to help people make, take their first steps, what was most helpful for you to, to create this process that you outlined in your book? I mean, some of it is my own experience. Uh, I actually spent some time observing other people for a while Mm. because I thought, well, there must be something I'm missing here, right? Uh, So I started observing people in meetings and and what they were doing. And I realized they're just offering to help. I realized they're sharing things about their team and they're sharing things about themselves and what they could do to help. And I thought, well, that's not that hard. Why am I making this so hard? Mm. So that was kind of my first aha moment for myself that they're not doing anything crazy. Why can't you do that or adapt it into a way that feels comfortable for you? And so those are things I started with and just reflecting a little bit about what did visibility mean for me and how was I expecting that to work and did I need help from someone? And so as I went through that process for myself, I built it a little bit for my team, although unknowingly at that point. And then um, as I started writing the book, I thought I'm going to sit down and really think about what are the steps I do take people through as a client now and that I used for my team and for myself? And that's where the RISE process was born from. Mm. So RISE is, is not only um, an acronym, but it's also a metaphor. So yeah. RISE stands for reflect, ideate, select, and evaluate. And so those are the four steps that I take people through in the book to plan and create their own visibility in a way that works for them. I have hundreds of ideas in the book that allow them to play to their strengths. So if you're someone who writes, here's the list of ideas. If you're someone who speaks or volunteers or any any number of things that you may want to do, there's an idea in there for you, I promise. Ugh. And and then the metaphor of it is to help people like learn how to rise up for themselves and be comfortable with that. I think especially if you're an introvert or someone who's more shy, your natural inclination is to, you know, stay in the background a bit because you don't want the spotlight on you. And that was definitely my part of my story too. Mm-hmm. But this is taking actions in a way that work for introverts too, right? So it's not just for the extroverts in the room who are comfortable speaking up. It's for everybody to find something that works for them. Oh, I think that's so powerful because I think that that's, you know, just like you said, playing to your strengths is so important, in, especially when you're stepping mm-hmm. into something that you're uncomfortable with. So knowing that there are options for you, even if you're shy or introverted or, you know, maybe speaking isn't your natural medium and writing is, I love that there's going to be options for everyone in your book. That's really powerful. Would you say that there's a specific block or series of blocks that you've seen the most come up for people around invisibility? Generally, I would say they have doubts in their head that they're good enough, that they're smart enough, that they know enough, uh, because there's a lot of other people around them that they're comparing themselves to. And so I think that's the natural place as imposter syndrome happens pretty easily for people. Um, I think the other thing is what I just spoke about around introversion and uh, being shy. I think that is the second place where I see some challenges. And sometimes that the other thing I guess I would share is that We've had some moment in our lives somewhere, and that moment was very pivotal, and maybe it didn't go well. And so now you relive that moment every time. So let's say you're the person who's going to get up and speak, and you lose your voice, or you start having a coughing attack, or something happens, and it didn't go well at all the way you want it to go. And so the next time you get up to speak, that 
that moment, that traumatic moment, even though it wasn't in the big scheme of things, not a huge thing, but for you, it's a big thing. You will start to relive it again if you don't deal with it. So those are examples of where no one else in the room knows that this person's experiencing this, right? Because they look fine. They look like they have it all together, right? But in their head, they're like, oh my gosh, I have to speak now. Oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Oh my gosh, I have to come up with a question. And when you get into that mode, it's the whole fight or flight thing that happens Mm. for people. And so you just kind of spin. You just cannot even come up with something brilliant in that moment. So what I tell people to do is plan for that to happen, even if it doesn't happen for you. And I hope it doesn't, but plan for it in case it does. And so come up with a list of questions or come up with a list of talking points or something that when you get your moment to jump in, you're ready. And if you don't need it and you do it on your own, great. But it's it's being prepared as opposed to just kind of winging it, which is what I used to do. That didn't really work because then that moment I would panic and then I couldn't come up with anything. And then, of course, I'm invisible, right? I'm not saying anything. I'm not adding any value to the conversation. And so people make assumptions at that moment. Mm. I relate to you to this so strongly. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely had this exact experience that you're talking about choking on stage in front of people, my mind going completely blank. Yeah, it's a horrible experience and working is through that. Worst. It's like it's it does take work to overcome the trauma of that happening mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. And I, if I can add one thing yeah, uh, in my research when I was doing something for the some things for the book. One of the things that I found most interesting is 70% of people in the U.S. are living with imposter syndrome at some point along the way. Mm. 70% of people, people on your team, your peers, even your management above you, has some form of imposter syndrome happening. And so imagine everybody kind of playing small at that point instead of playing bigger. They're hiding ideas. They're not sharing recommendations. They're not sharing their thoughts. It creates more conversations that have to keep happening because you don't feel comfortable talking. So the more we can help people understand that no one is perfect, take some imperfect action, just try to do things that are comfortable for you, but don't be afraid to use your voice. I think our tendency is to play smaller and not use our voice at all. Mm -hmm. What I want people to understand, it's use your voice in a way that's good for you, but don't shut down. Don't play small. Uh, because people need to hear from you. They need to hear what your thoughts are and what your ideas are. And you were hired for a reason. So don't be afraid to speak up. Yes. I think that that's just so, so prevalent. Like you're saying, this this sense of being exposed as, as not being good enough or being almost being a fraud, you know, an imposter. It's, it's a terrifying fear. And, and, and to know that so many of us have experienced that at some point is is really reassuring actually yeah mm-hmm. so i'm curious susan how do you define success you know i used to have a different definition of success back in corporate i think at that time it was climbing the ladder as high as i could you know it was probably mm-hmm. financial numbers in my head that I thought success looked like. I think now and over time, like I've had my business six years now and my definition of success has changed over that time Mm. too, because it was, I'm trying to build a business. I'm trying to make it successful. I'm trying to do all the things. But I think, you know, for this coming year, my, my definition of success is if I can do all the things I want to do to help all the people that I want to help, but still allows me time with the family in a bigger way. I think that's the 
my old habits of corporate um, can creep in. And I had a little bit of workaholism <laughs> and um, challenging times to get everything done. And I would just work, work, work to make it all happen. Mm-hmm. And I can see some of that happening for me now because there's been a lot going on. And I want to do all the things. It's so cool to see that these opportunities are showing up. So I don't want to say no to things that that would really help give me a platform to get the book out in front of more people and talk about this topic. So there is a balance. So I'm I'm trying to really focus on how can I create the business in a way that works really well for me and my family yeah. and not just try to do everything. I completely relate to that as well. Thank you for sharing your sense of what makes success for you. I really sense the the importance of your message and I can really see how you know stepping into visibility really allows you to contribute your gifts to the world and I can see that in you in your story and I just can see the ripple effect of you publishing this book and getting your message out and I'm so excited to support your message. Thanks. So before we wrap up, Susan, I was wondering if you have any last piece of advice for people listening today. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's so many things going through yeah. my head. I would I love bet. to share. To like I one, right? Talk for an hour. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'll just share a few quick, easy tips that I think people who are wanting to be more visible can, can take advantage of. Uh, one is to just like I said, prepare a little bit, have some questions ready, have some talking points. Mm. Remember that every interaction you have is an opportunity for visibility, whether that's a one-on-one conversation, a meeting. And and this also applies personally. I think the last chapter of my book is about my kids and talking about visibility with them and helping them understand why it's important. I don't want them to wait until they're you know my age to be able to figure all this out. So we started talking about that for them. And I think that is something that I just realized over time, I thought I had it figured out at work. And then I realized when I was at home, you're not doing as much as you could be at home Mm. to set an example for your kids. So that was a big aha moment for me. So I I guess I would share with any parents, you know, be aware of how you are setting the example for them in terms of visibility and that it's okay to use their voice and it's okay to try things and to make mistakes and to learn. I think we don't talk about that enough. We're trying to prevent our kids from making mistakes. Yes. That's how you learn and grow. That's how you you move ahead in the world. So uh, even though they're scary and, you know, sometimes they might be traumatizing, uh, know that you're going to learn so much from that. And that really helps you develop as a leader uh, the more you do it. Uh, and then the last one is find a way, I call it creating a movie reel, find a way to talk about what you're doing in front of your management or in front of people who are influencers in your organization that need to know what you're doing. So that might be a status report that you send in. It might be if you're in the office, popping by their office and talking about some good thing that happened. Uh, it may be sending a Teams message or you know a message on whatever platform you're using, that's Slack or Teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just find ways to kind of put a little bit of a highlight reel in front of them on a regular basis so that they think about you and realize, oh, I have this project coming up. She just talked about this project she's working on. I think it would be a good fit for her. Imagine you're not talking about that stuff and then they're not thinking about you because they've got 18 other things going on. So the more you can, I will say, be a little bit intentional and consistent with the messages that you want to share, 
uh, the easier it will get opportunities if you're putting yourself out there and asking for them. Gosh, and that I think is so hard to do for especially those of us who are more reserved or introverted, you know, just talking about the things that we're excited about or successful at is not something that comes naturally. So I think, wow, yes, that's an extremely powerful thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Just think about it as you're just sharing, just sharing information with a friend, right? It yeah. doesn't put all this pressure on yourself and put someone else on a pedestal. If you can just talk human to human. Like I'm just sharing what's going on in my project with you. I just wanted to let you know things are great. My team is doing amazing things this week and here's what we did. That's all you have to do. So pressure piece is what usually holds us back the most because we're trying to be perfect. Yes, that perfectionism, that desire to be perfect is really suffocating ultimately. Mm -hmm. Really hard. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Susan, for being here today. Can you let listeners know where we can find you online? Oh, sure. Yes, uh, you can reach me on my website. So it's susanmbarber.com. And there's all kinds of information about the podcast, the book, the many, many blogs I have out there uh, and other resources. And then uh, I'm on LinkedIn uh, very very much every week, every day, every, it seems like every hour, some days. Uh, so feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love to, you know, just share that you heard me on Natalie's show. And then, you know, I can let her know that we're, we're really connecting with people out there in the world. Cause I know her show is doing great and I just really want to support you as well. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to me. Thank you. Um, Well, I look forward to connecting with you again, and I am sure people will be checking out your book, so cannot wait to see what happens. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So I'm wondering, how would you like to reclaim up to two hours a day? It actually only takes five minutes a week to change the results that you're getting. Pretty soon you could be saving around 50 hours a month. Head over to storytonic.co backslash reclaim to discover how to leverage your time and give yourself the best chance at success. 